good father and so we really have nothing but praise for you and thanks thanksgiving to you for all that you give to us and we really come lord in your name in your name and it's in your name that we give thanks and it's only by the name of jesus that we can even come and so we give you thanks
is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nations sing it loud. Cause nothing has the power to save. But Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Sing it loud, cause nothing has
you along with us. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And so this week, when you face a temptation, when you think there's something you want to do that you know is wrong, you're going to say, what? No. no, but yes to God. No to the temptation but yes to what is right. Would you promise me that you'll do that? Yes. You didn't lie, right? Okay. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for showing us that you understand temptation. But Jesus said no to the devil. And we can say no to temptation. And we can always say yes to you. Help us to obey you to live by what your word says, to know that it is your word of God that we are to obey. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay, we'll, we'll finish this after church, okay? All right, okay, very good. All right, um, so kindergartners and pre-K, up. Okay, pre-K, up, all right, and out. 
Out towards the middle. All right, here we go. Follow Becca. Here we go. Okay, first grade to third grade. Up. First grade to third grade. Auntie Polly, that way. Auntie Polly, that way. Fourth grade through sixth grade. That way with Auntie Juliana. All right. Thank you. All right, adults, let me ask you to stand up and say yes to your neighbors. And you felt your heartstrings being tugged by the Holy Spirit and you want to spend more time with them? Then we want you to say yes to signing up to be a teacher for the Promised Land. <laughs> And we want you to put that yes into action by seeing either Sammy or seeing uh, Ellie or Herman. Where's Ellie and Herman? I saw them around there. Anyways, you can sign up with them and talk to them more about how to become a Promised Land teacher. Summer retreats uh, coming up already, and whether you're Asian or not, uh, it's an opportunity for you to save money and... <laughs> Get the early bird registration. Don't pay the retail price, okay? All right. Church directory for 2017 is here, so you can see either Brian or Tina to get a copy. And make sure that uh, the picture you have in there is the one you like. Spin Fellowship today is going to be in the library in the back at uh, 1130, which is right after church. So for those who may not be familiar, Spin Fellowship is our bereavement uh, fellowship, our bereavement group. So you're welcome to come if uh, you are still feeling grief or bereavement over any kind of loss. All right, uh, we have a special announcement from Dwayne. Thanks, Solomon. So I'm going to read um, from um, James 2. Verse 14, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So today we have um, an opportunity to serve those that are um, uh, needy, and this is our family service project um, um, with um, Thrivent um, Financial, who's going to be supporting or sponsoring this this project, and it's um, Stop Hunger Now. So it's going to be in Santa Ana. The address is in your bulletins. Um, lunch will will be at 12:30. So we really encourage you to be there before 12:30 because we're going to start packing um, boxes or or lunch or the um, food food packages at, at 1 o'clock sharp, right? So if you didn't sign up, you could still attend. But we have over 100 people from Harvest that have signed up. So, so I think it's going to be a great event, a great way to serve together, and um, we look forward to seeing you there. So, doing just to clarify, you want people to come at 1230 to stop their own hunger first, right? Okay, all right. Okay, prayer circle uh, is this Wednesday, March 8th at 8 o'clock at the Yaps, and you can see the uh, address there. 
And then um, men's male bonding time, coffee and donuts, Saturday at Irvine Prez at eight, oh, excuse me, 7 a.m. 30-hour famine coming up for the youth group, uh, the annual fasting uh, so that they can understand what it's like to have hunger uh, and hopefully uh, generate some money also <laughs> um, for World Vision. All right, save the dates. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, before save the date, town hall meeting. I forgot. Coming up in three weeks, good opportunity for you to come and hear the vision of our church leadership. And then save the dates for Saturday, March 27th. Uh, we have, oh, I'm sorry, May. That's right, sorry, May. We're already way out to May. So uh, coming up for a fundraiser for uh, our building fund. And you can invite people to come to see the International Dancers of Sun Lakes from Banning. Where is that? Oh, okay. <laughs> Palm Springs? Oh, okay, sorry, Palm Springs. On the way. <laughs> and then finally, the, your pink flyer that you have in here is the Easter egg hunt. So Easter Sunday coming up April 16th uh, for uh, kids between toddler and fourth grade. So take a look at that and see what they need. Um, and all those candies and stickers that uh, Pastor Curtis just told them they shouldn't have. All right, well, speaking of Easter, we are going into the Lent season, so today's sermon is the first sermon of Lent, and Curtis is going to explain to us why the 40 days. Good morning. Good morning. Do you ever experience temptation? Is there ever something that you really, really want, but you know that you really shouldn't take it, it's not good for you? It's not good for other people. It's not what God wants. We're all familiar with the story in Genesis of Adam and Eve, and the myth is that it was an apple, but in reality, we don't know what it was. It was just simply called in the Bible a fruit. And there was this fruit in the garden, and God had said, Adam and Eve, I love you, and therefore I'm going to give you free moral choice. I'm going to allow you to be an ethical being, and I'm not going to force you to do what's right. I'm going to let you choose. I'm going to give you free will. But there's this fruit. There's this fruit in the garden, and this fruit is the one thing you cannot have. You can have everything else, and life will be grand, but this one thing you cannot have, or you will surely die. And they looked at that fruit, and it looked so good. And then came along a serpent, who is Satan. And Satan spoke to Eve, and Adam was standing right there. And Eve was tempted to take that fruit. Now, we see a fruit here, and it's surrounded by a reptile. And my question to you is the question that I would ask myself if I was really, really, really hungry, and I love green apples, would I still take that fruit with that reptile protecting it? <laughs> I think I would deny my hunger at that moment and go look somewhere else. Wouldn't you? Because I'm afraid of snakes, like Indiana Jones. But even more than that, I'm afraid of pain and suffering and maybe death at that 
snake might give it sunk its fangs into me. But now suppose that that snake were invisible and all I could see was the fruit. And I was so hungry and God said, don't take that fruit or you will surely die. But I don't see the snake. What harm can it be? No one's watching. And so I grab for the fruit and the snake strikes and I am bitten with death. That's the temptation we all face. Every time there's something that we want that God says no to. We know we shouldn't do it. The reason it's so tempting to us is that the snake is invisible. We can't see Satan. We can't see the effects of what's going to happen right away. All we see is the temptation. Now, as we enter into Lent, we enter into these 40 days of following Jesus and walking with him towards the cross. These 40 days beginning on Ash Wednesday, this past Wednesday, it's actually 46 days, but as we learned last week, Sundays aren't counted. And so 40 days between now or between Ash Wednesday and Silent Saturday leading to the next day, Resurrection Sunday. And Jesus is going into the desert. And for 40 days and for 40 nights, he is going to suffer hunger. He's going to suffer being open to exposure. He's going to be suffering in the heat. He's going to be suffering in loneliness. And now he's going to come out of those 40 days. And Satan is going to tempt him. And just as Jesus is tempted as a human being, so are you and I tempted just as he was. So today, as we think of Lent and as we think of the journey to the cross, we need to think about the temptations that we're going to face because just as Jesus faced temptations throughout his life, so shall we. And just as Jesus faced temptation at the end of the 40 days, in pain and hunger and desire, so shall we. But God wants us to know that because Jesus succeeded and overcame temptation, so can we. So let us pray and ask God to show us how. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us and, and for your goodness. And we pray, Father, that you would strengthen us this day through the example of your son Jesus, who was tempted in every way but did not succumb, who was severely tested but did not falter. Father, help us to see your way, even as Jesus walked in the way. In your name we ask. Amen. Please open up your Bibles to Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. So Matthew is the first book of the New Testament, and we have Bibles there on the inside aisle, so if the person sitting towards the middle would grab them and pass them to the outside. Matthew chapter 4. After you open it up, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 4.
Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Three words that will help us to remember the temptations that Jesus faced. Three words that you and I face as well. And the first one is eat. Eat. Satisfy your hunger. And this is a temptation for instant gratification. This is a temptation that even though Jesus was hungry for 40 days, he wasn't supposed to eat in this way. God would supply his needs. But Satan was telling him, go ahead and take it. Do it. Do it now. Don't wait another second. We have an enemy that is constantly tempting us to take things too quickly. Even one minute before God's time is disobedience to God. Even though Jesus had waited over 40 days, we might say, well, what's one more minute? Well, one more minute would be an eternity. Because to disobey God is to sin. And had Jesus obeyed the enemy, he would have sinned. And he no longer would have been able to do what he needed to do to save us from our sins. But Jesus knew who he was facing. He knew who Satan was. And this is what we need to know too. That this snake, the Bible calls him the devil. And the word devil means slanderer. And the devil wants to slander God. He wants us to think that God doesn't care about us. He wants us to think that God doesn't really love us. And so he comes to Jesus and he says, you know, your father must want you to eat. He's put you into this desert. How could he do such a thing? He must want you to eat. He must want you to have sustenance. You need sustenance. So use your power and turn this stone into bread. But Jesus knows his enemy. And he knows his tactics. And we must know our enemy and know his tactics as well. The Bible says he is called the tempter. And the tempter means to entice, to entice and to give a test. And one thing we can be certain of is any test that Satan ever gives to us can only lead to an F. The only grade that we can ever get if we fall into the test and we give in to the tempter is an F. He comes to Jesus and he wants Jesus to fail. And so he tempts him with this word, if, if, if you really are God's son, if you really are God's son, then God must love you and he must want you to eat. If you really are God's son, he wouldn't want you to starve. If you really are God's son, he wouldn't want you to not have your needs met. So use your power. Use your free will and do what needs to be done. But Jesus said, no, no, I won't. I will not listen to your ifs. 
I will not listen to your propositions. I will not answer the question the way you want me to. The answer is no. And this is what you and I also need to know. We need to know ourselves. We need to know ourselves and where we are vulnerable. Jesus knew who he was. He is the son of God. And we are the children of God. Was he vulnerable? Absolutely. And we need to know where we're vulnerable too. There are places in our lives where we so easily fall into temptations. We all have our own traps that so often we step into. There's a familiar one that maybe you've heard about before, and it's the acronym HALT, H-A-L-T. And it's often under these circumstances that we are most tempted. And H stands for hunger. When we're really, really hungry, we can be really, really tempted, as Jesus was here in the desert. When we are angry, the A, we can be tempted towards going beyond what is legitimate anger and ending up in rage, sin. Loneliness, the L, happens to everyone. But when we are lonely, we can find our eyes wandering onto pages on the internet we shouldn't go to, or going out with people we shouldn't go out with, or drinking things that we shouldn't drink, or eating things that we shouldn't eat, just because we're trying to fill some empty spot inside of us. Or maybe we are tired, the T. We're weary, and so often when we're tired, we're so much easily, so easily persuaded to do that which is wrong. So halt, those are common ways that you and I are tempted. But the other times that we're really tempted, I think, are if we're weighing a really big decision. If there's a really big decision that we have to make, so oftentimes we're tempted to, to take shortcuts or to not wait or to just do what we think is right without really praying or thinking about it or asking for wisdom. So we must be careful. We must know ourselves that we are not wise enough to make our own big decisions. And we need God's help. We need to obey God's word, as he said, to live by the word of God. And the other way is not only when we're weighing big decisions, but when we are weighted with painful difficulties. When we are weighted down with difficult things that, that are hard for us and we're hurting and we just want the pain to go away, we are so tempted and we're so vulnerable. But we must know ourselves in those times and know that we must turn to God and say no to the temptations that are in front of us. We must choose God's way. We can choose the way of temptation, as Eve did and Adam, or we can choose a way of escape. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. So Matthew, just go forward. You're going to go Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, and then 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Very important verse. And the reason I want you to find this verse in your Bible is so you can mark it, remember it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And there it says, no temptation, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. 
He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way of escape or a way out so that you can endure it. You can be absolutely certain that there is no temptation that you can't say no to. You have that strength. You have that ability. If you are God's child, you have the Holy Spirit to help you to do it. But Satan is going to ask you this question. And this is the question that's going to lead us either towards God or away from God. And the question is this. Satan comes to us and he goes, why wait? Why wait? The pleasure is right there for you right now to feed what you want. There's three great power plays in our world. One is sex, and that represents all the pleasures that we might want to have inside of our bodies. The other is money and materialism, and that represents all the pleasures that we might have on the outside of our bodies. And the other is power. And that represents all of the influence that we might want on other bodies to control them with power. And so oftentimes in these ways we are tempted to fulfill our physical comforts, but to deny our spiritual commitments or our spiritual integrity. God wants us to ask this question of ourselves. And and during this time of Lent, this is a time of preparation. This is a time of asking ourselves hard questions as we're walking with Jesus towards his cross. And the question is this, how? How are you tempted to put your physical comforts ahead of your spiritual commitments and integrity? Why wait? The evil one asks us. And we have to answer that question. Will we eat? Will we give in to the temptation? Or will we obey God and say yes? The second temptation that we see that Jesus faced is under the word jump. Jump. And this is the temptation to put God to the test. Turn with me back, please, to Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. I'm going to read verses 5 through 7. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand at the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jump says Satan, put God to the test. If God loves you, he'll protect you. Go ahead. If you jump, God will catch you and people will see and people will know you're really special. Test God. But the enemy is distorting the word of God. The enemy knows the word of God. We can even say that Satan memorizes the word of God. Satan didn't have a Bible he was holding there and flip to these pages and read it to Jesus. But he misquoted these scriptures by leaving words out. He took them out of context, but he knew the scriptures. Satan knows how God speaks to us, 
And he tries to distort our view of God. He tries to distort understanding of God. Most of all, I think Satan tries to distort our idea of what love is. I think Satan wants to distort this for Jesus. He wants us to think, well, if God really loves you, he would want you to do this. It's, it's not unlike the stupid boy who says to the girl, well, if you love me, you would do what I want. If you love me, you'd give me what I want. It's a distorted view of love. We, we think that too often. Well, if God loved us, he wouldn't let me go through this trial. If God loved me, he wouldn't let me suffer. If God loved me, I wouldn't be in the desert. Satan distorts the word of God. And he wants to put Jesus into a test where Jesus will test God and jump. For you and for me, that's tempting God to do things just so that we get what we want. It's asking God to answer our prayers so that we would say, God, prove yourself to me. God says, I won't do that. I've already shown you the truth. And you must have faith. And you must believe. My proof is that I gave you my son who died on the cross. And this is my love for you. This is my goodness. This is my power. This is my grace. This is my love. We must not allow the evil one to distort God's word so that we act wrongly or impulsively. When when Jesus says, to the devil, you must not put the Lord your God, put the Lord your God to the test. He's telling that to you and to me to not act impulsively. We are not to be impetuous. We are not to do, as the commercial says, just do it. There are times in our lives where we want to, we feel like we have to. And we think, you know, well, God loves me. God loves me. And so since there's grace, if I mess up, God's going to forgive me anyway, so I might as well, I just got to do it, and I know he'll catch me. The Apostle Paul warns us against that kind of thinking. In Romans chapter 6.15, you don't have to turn there, but it's noted on your notes, Romans 6.15. And Paul says this to you and to me, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. We must not put God to the test. We must not act impulsively. Yes, there is grace, but to presume upon God's grace is to give in to the evil one. What we need to do is we need to stand sure on God's way. We need to stand sure on God's promise that God will take care of us. We don't put God to the test. We don't jump off the cliff hoping he'll catch us. We don't go ahead and sin all because it feels good. We don't do what we want because we don't think we can stand it anymore. But instead, we stand on God's way. Please turn with me in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. So a couple books past first, first Corinthians. Ephesians chapter six, verse 13. This is how we stand on God's way. This is how we stand on God's promises. This is how we stand firm and stand up as men and women of God. Ephesians chapter six, verse 13 says this. Therefore, 
Put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. God wants us to stand upon his promises. God wants us to stand upon his love. The question that Satan wants to ask us, though, during this type of testing is, why not? Why not? Just give in. I know you can't take it any longer. Go ahead, do it. The question we need to ask ourselves during times of temptation is how or when am I tempted to act impulsively, presuming on God's power and grace? Or when am I begging God to prove himself to me? When am I demanding of God to give me something because I think he owes it to me, because he tells me he loves me, or because I tell him I love him? Why not, says the evil one. Why not just do it? Why not just give in? If you're wrong, God will forgive you anyway. Why not? Just do it. Prove God in this. If Satan had given in, if Jesus had given in to Satan's lies, then you and I would not be here today. We would not have a Savior. We would not have a God who understands our condition who understands the temptations that we went through. The Bible tells us that Jesus was a man like us who experienced temptations like us, but he overcame them. He didn't give in to the why wait. He didn't give in to the why not. He didn't eat when he could have eaten. He didn't jump when he could have jumped. And the third thing he didn't do is he didn't bow when Satan told him to bow. This is the temptation to take the easy way or the narrow path. In verse 8 of Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says, Again, the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. Bow, says Satan. Take the easy way. Do anything you want, and it'll be okay. Just do it my way. Our, any, our enemy wants us to do anything but God's way. And when we do, we worship him and not God. Satan's final test is related to Jesus' ultimate plan for his life, which was to go to the cross for you and to me. What Satan is saying here is bow, and I'll give you the world. You came for the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And Satan says, I'll give all of that to you now. I'll give you the world now if you'll just bow to me. It was Satan's way of saying, Jesus, why go through all the trouble of the cross? Why travel 
this hard way. Just, just do this now and it'll be done. Satan will always ask us questions. Satan will dare us. Satan will give us propositions, if-then statements. But you know how God speaks to us? God speaks to us in commands. Do this. Obey me. This is the way. Follow it. God commands us. The Satan wants us to do anything but those commands. But we must not give in. And we must not give up. We're only beginning Lent right now. This is only the first of six Sundays that we remember. And as we are walking through this weeks of Lent, we are walking with Jesus on this very narrow path. And it includes suffering. It includes the suffering of doing what is right. It includes the suffering of carrying our own cross, even as Jesus was walking towards his. And this suffering is so important because it's part of the suffering that is part of God's plan so that you and I fulfill the purpose of our lives. Too often, we derail our lives because we're not willing to suffer. We want to take the easy way out, and that leads us, yes, down an easy path, but it also leads us down the wrong path. And our full purpose in life is not fulfilled. God wants each of us to have our fullness complete in Jesus. God has a plan for each and every one of us, and therefore we must let God dictate our plans, not Satan. Satan asks us this question. So after, why not? After, why wait? Satan says, why suffer? Why suffer? Why go through this? God wouldn't want you to do this. And yet we know that all the things that we enjoy in life came through somebody's suffering. Somebody gave up something so you could have what you enjoy. You probably gave up some things to have what you currently enjoy. Since sin entered the world, that's the way of the world. We must allow suffering to do its work. What is its work? Its work is to purify us. Its work is to make us into the people that God made us to be. Its work is to make us like Jesus, who suffered for us. Let God dictate our plans, regardless of the pain. Satan is a counterfeiter, and he'll offer us what we want at a much cheaper price. But God says, say no to temptation. So when we ask this question, or we are asked this question, why suffer? We must delve into that. And what we can say to ourselves in question of ourselves is, how? How am I tempted to acquire? How am I I tempted to acquire or protect wealth, wealth and influence by letting something else or someone else other than God dictate My values and actions. My values and actions. I don't want somebody else to tell me how to live. 
I only want God to tell me how to live. And if I will obey God, yes, I will suffer. But there is this great promise which is coming on Easter Sunday. And that is when the angels will come to us as well and attend to us. The Bible tells us here that after Jesus had passed this test, that the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. This is the promise, the absolute promise that you must remember, that I must remember. That's why on Sundays we don't fast if we're fasting for 40 days. That's why on Sundays, as we talked about last week, these are little Easter's. These are time for us to remember the joy and the hope that's coming on Resurrection Sunday. This is a time for us that one day a week where we don't have to suffer so that we can suffer the other days because we know that a better day is coming and that while we are suffering, we are growing. While we are suffering, we are maturing. While we are suffering, we are being purified. While we are suffering, we are learning the fruit of the Spirit to love, to still have joy, to have patience. God loves us, and he cares, and he offers us his peace, but it comes through the suffering. As we conclude the message now, I want you to think of the temptations that, that may assail you right now. What might it be? What is something that you just really want on the inside of your flesh, the inside of your body? You just got to have it. But you know you shouldn't. What is it in the world that's so attractive to you? What material things do you want? What is it about the world that you think will satisfy your needs and it's so desirous, but you know, you know what? It really won't meet my needs. Because the more I want, the more I want, but the less I feel fulfilled. And what is it what is it on, on the other parts of my life where I just feel I need to control things or control people? I need to have power so that I feel like I'm important. Maybe there's other places in your life where you're facing temptation for things that you know you shouldn't have. I'd like you to hold that in your hand right now as we pray. I'd like you to imagine that you're holding this temptation, this fruit in your hand. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we imagine this, this temptation that we have in our hands right now, Lord, we confess to you, we confess that there is this temptation in our hands, a temptation that either we want to eat or a temptation where we just want to test you and jump or a temptation where we want to bow and just give in or just give up. But Lord, we know this temptation is wrong. We know that to eat of this fruit will only cause death and pain in us. And Lord, how we want life. Lord, how we want your hope. Lord, how we need to be able to bear our cross and grow strong and be more and more like our Savior how we need to allow suffering to do its purifying work and to help us to be all that you made us to be. Lord, help us not to give up. Help us not to give in. So Lord, we lift up this fruit to you and we let go of it. 
and we give it up to you. For only you can take it. Only you can remove it. Lord, protect us. Fill our hearts with your love. Give us the desire to please you, to say yes to you, and to obey. Thank you, Jesus, that you did all that for us so that we could be with you and know your peace, know your forgiveness, and know your grace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're going to continue worshiping the Lord together as we close. And uh, Usher's going to come forward, pass the offering bags. You can place your welcome card in there and uh, place your worship of uh, giving to back to him. We're going to close with this song. I think uh, we've all experienced our wilderness experiences in our desert times. And maybe you're going through one right now, or you've just gone through one. I can guarantee, the, guarantee to you that at some point you will go through one. Maybe not soon, but maybe later. So maybe this uh, message and this prayer Remind us that God is always with us.
my prayer in the harvest when faith